There are three things in the readings that are hard for us. In Acts, the disciples have just witnessed the ascension. And even though they've been given their marching orders, so to speak, the Great Commission in Matthew's Gospel, now they are being obedient. They have retreated to an upper room in Jerusalem to wait for the gift my Father promised. You know, waiting is not easy for most of us. But waiting can open doors to the Holy Spirit beyond our comprehension. And that's why Jesus told them to wait. So if you are in a major time of waiting right now, trust that the Lord is using it for something good that he wants to do in your life. The second thing that's hard for us is suffering. Now, incredulously, excuse me, Peter puts a totally different spin on suffering. Rejoice to the extent that you share in the sufferings of Christ. Now, when and how do we do that? Well, Peter gives one explicit example. He says, if you're insulted for the name of Christ. Now, this happens whenever we give witness to any part of God's truth and in response, we're ridiculed or rejected or even assaulted. But sharing in Christ's sufferings can go far beyond that. The very reason that there is suffering in this world is because of the brokenness that is caused by that old, nasty word, sin. Now that's not to say that all suffering is a direct cause of sin. It's just that in a world where rebellion against God is not only possible but prevalent, there are repercussions, and every one of us are affected. So when we choose to see suffering as part of the process that God uses to bring the world to repentance and to healing, then we are sharing in the sufferings of Christ. This is the real meaning and the proper use of that Catholic phrase, offer it up. When you can believe, when you do believe that God will use a hard thing in your life for your holiness and for the salvation of others, you are sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Now, the third thing that's hard in today's readings is this word, glory. It's hard because it's difficult to define and comprehend. We read it and we can see that glory is a good thing, but it's hard to pin down. Now, whether we fully understand it or not, 
There is something in us. It's it's God-planted. There's something in us that deeply desires the glory that is a focus of Jesus' prayer. Jesus is talking to the Father and He says that He is aware of the glory that I had with you before the world began. Writing to the Philippians, Paul says that Jesus put that glory aside in the incarnation. When he took on human form, Jesus didn't walk around with the glory of God prevalent or people couldn't have stood it. And yet here in his prayer, Jesus is anticipating the restoration of that glory. And he knows the way that it's going to happen is for him to go to the cross so that he could open a door to glory for us. So Jesus prays, I'm praying for the ones that you have given me. For they're yours, Father. Everything of mine is yours and everything of yours is mine. And I am glorified in them. And so right now, Jesus is praying for you. Right now, because Jesus lives in you, He is being glorified. So think about this. As we follow Jesus, we are heading to the same place where He has gone. That is the whole meaning of Jesus' death and resurrection, and ascension. Jesus suffered, and then he was glorified. And because Jesus has gone ahead of us into glory, even now his Spirit is changing us from one degree of glory to another, So that we are becoming like Him. That is why we can wait in patience. That is why we can even suffer with hope. Whatever your biggest burden is right now, whatever your biggest fear, our Lord is at work in those hard things because we are being prepared for the full glory of God. As we follow Jesus, we are destined for glory. And it's beyond anything that this world can imagine So don't let this world discourage you.